Well, good morning. We're in Jeremiah finally. And uh, you heard me last week call Jeremiah the whining prophet, and that offends some people, but I'll tell you why. Not why it offends people. I'll tell you why I call him the whining prophet. People have often referred to him as the, as the weeping prophet because he is the author of the, 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 the prophetic book of Jeremiah and also the book of Lamentations because as, as Jeremiah went to the people, actually he prophesied to some of the northern kingdom and some of the southern kingdom and the leadership of the southern kingdom and, and they didn't like his message. Now it's a message from God and it's nothing he can do about it. He's just got to preach it, but they got mad at him and dropped him in a cistern full of mud and hoped he'd just dry up and drown and die, but uh, so he whined about it. Uh, Sorry, that's why I call him that, because you see him a lot of times just saying, I'm being treated so poorly. Guess what? <laughs> a lot of people get treated poorly, right? We are in the God said it messages all year long because we're reading from Genesis to Revelation. All year. Genesis to Revelation from January to December. And whatever passage, many of us are using the, the Bible project, Bible reading plan for the year, so it assigns three or four chapters a day. And whatever whatever reading falls on Sunday, that's what I preach on. So today we're in Jeremiah 7 because as we entered into Jeremiah, we were following up on Isaiah. And the message of Isaiah is this idea that, that uh, there is judgment coming but there is a comfort coming also. There is a promise of, of salvation and, and God's redemption that's coming as well. And so we're going to continue with that same two-point theme throughout the prophets because God warns his people about what's coming. God warns his people about how they should act. God warns his people about... Um, their behavior and, and the things that he sees in them. So the reason we call it God said it is because God's spoken. Uh, God exists outside of time and speaks into time, and God has spoken by, by his own word. He, he called everything that we see in creation into being. Let there be light. There's light, right? Everything, he spoke it into existence. I love that. I love to think about the fact that in the, the, the mind of God, when he said, let there be, you know, trees and, and flowering plants and those kind of things, that, that, all, that in his mind, you know, God, in the, in the infinity of God, every tree, you know, just he spoke it and there it was. We've got the, the written word of God, which is the Bible. This is, this is the word of God, all of it. Uh, we don't get to pick and choose what we don't like. We live in a world today that likes to pick out parts of it and, and ignore it. And, and we're actually going to talk about that today in Jeremiah. So get ready. Then we've got the living word of God, which is Jesus. So God has spoken. God has revealed himself. God has given himself uh, the revelation of himself over to us. And, 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 and our response is what God's watching for. All righty? Also, we have this little picture that Jordan did on, on, on the whole Bible story. You can find them out in the Connect booth out there, but this gives you creation and fall and sin and the couple, which is Abraham and Sarah, and the covenant promise, the, the family, the people, the nation, the king, the king of kings, body of Christ, our Savior. And so that's the story of God's redemption. So as we make our way through the Bible, please understand this, that, that everything points to Jesus. All of it. It all points to Jesus. And you can't deny Jesus. You can't, you can't ignore Jesus. You can't say, well, he was a... I've heard people all the time say, oh, well, he was a great teacher. Or he was a good person. No, no, no. He's God. And he's our Savior. And so, so we have to recognize... It matters what we say about Jesus, y'all. 
It matters. All right? So we're in Jeremiah today. Chapter 7, verses 1 through 11. I'll read it. Here we go. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Stand in the gate of the house of the Lord and there call out this word. Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah, who enter through these gates to worship the Lord. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. Correct your ways and your actions, and I will allow you to live in this place. Do not trust deceitful words, chanting, this is the temple of the Lord, this, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Instead, if you really correct your ways and your actions, if you act justly toward one another, if you no longer oppress the resident alien, the fatherless, the widow, and no longer shed innocent blood in this place, or follow other gods, bringing harm on yourselves, I will allow you to live in this place, the land I gave to your ancestors long ago and forever. But look, you keep trusting in deceitful words that cannot help. Do you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, and follow other gods that you have not known? Then do you come and stand before me in this house that bears my name and say, we are rescued so we can continue doing all these detestable acts? Has this house which bears my name become a den of robbers in your view? Yes, I too have seen it. This is the Lord's declaration. Pray with me. Father, we do give you thanks and praise. First, just for the opportunity we have of gathering together to worship, to sing these incredible songs of praise and, and thanksgiving. And, and God, we want to honor you with, with our, our song and prayer. And, and God, more than anything with our heart, let it be the motivation of our heart to exalt you, to, 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 to reverence you, God. We, we want our lives to be a testimony, not of, not of our attendance here, uh, not, not, not of some church's name that we like to wear and, 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 and put out, but God, that our lives are a testimony to serving you, to being surrendered to you. Thank you, God, this morning that you are doing great things. And, and God, thank you for letting us be a part of it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we finished VBS. Okay, um, there were 100-something kids here, over 70 adults. Um, there was a lot of mess, and you'll probably see some of it in the corners because we just couldn't get it. Um, Beth, Beth was here hours yesterday afternoon just, just tidying up, and, and we even hired robots to help clean the building. They, they're these little flat things. They go around the building and, and vacuum when nobody's here, right? Uh, but anyway, VBS was a great week. We had great celebration with kids and families and all that sort of thing. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and so now we start planning next year's vacation Bible school. So, right? I mean, just as soon as we get back from camp, we start planning next year's camp. And there are some cards because we're expanding camp next year. We want to take 200 people to camp next year. So we're, we're opening registration now. If you want to register, you get online and register. We're just asking for like a $50, you know, deposit so that we know people are serious because we've got to, we, we've, we've committed to that many people. If they don't show up, whoopsie. All righty. Uh, the uh, mission team's headed to Panama tomorrow. Well, they're driving tomorrow, then they get on a plane Tuesday and they'll be gone. They're going to be doing the same Zoomerang VBS in Santa Catalina, Panama. So they're going to be doing vacation Bible school down there and uh, 
and that'll be fun. All right, these cards are somewhere around. If you don't have one, come get one. These are just the two teams I'm going to start meeting with here in the next couple of weeks. The Hello Team, which is going to involve all of the welcome area, the connect booth, the hospitality stuff, greeting folks at the doors and, and that sort of thing, and just making sure that as we move into this next season that uh, everybody walks through the door gets a hello. If you hadn't gotten one so far, then we've already failed one time, so uh, we want to make sure that we start... Uh, uh, doing that sort of thing. And then women's gatherings. Some of you are already aware that Missy Hudson has resigned as our women's ministry director, so we're going to put together a team to work on women's ministries. And I've got a list of some folks that are already involved, and so we're, we'll start meeting that within the next couple of weeks and start planning for the next season, semester, however you want to call it. All righty, so fill one of these out. Name, phone, email, check Hello Team Women's Gathering. Maybe you got something else because somebody already mentioned something. Pat mentioned something this morning. You can check other down there and just write me a note, and that way I know to call you. So um, anyway, <clears throat> next month we pass out the ministry opportunity forms, things that you can get involved in areas of ministry around the gathering, all right? Just making you aware of those things. Uh, but here's what I want you to know, and I'm tying this right into the message, right? The point, this building... It's not the promise. But Jeremiah's message is, is that the temple is not the promise. The building is not the promise. How many times do you hear people say, oh, I'm over at the church? Heard that? I'm going to church, right? Guess what? This is just a building. You're the church. It's one of the reasons why I don't use the word church much because it's, it's a misconception, it's a miscommunication <clears throat> to refer to a structure as the church. I got, I've gotten in trouble for it before, but I'm just going to tell you, we're the body of Christ. We're a fellowship of believers. We're this gathering of the saints. We are the church, all right? So, so when, when Jeremiah is pointing these things out here, here's what he's saying. He says, look. If you will, you ready? Correct your ways and your actions, I'll allow you to live in this place. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> Y'all want me to get specific? No, you don't, right? I mean, think about the world we live in today. Is Jeremiah's message pertinent? Does Jeremiah's message have bearing? on the culture and society and indeed the whole world? If you will correct your ways. You know, I, I, I don't know that my mom and dad ever said this, and believe me, my sister's watching. I already saw her on Facebook. I don't know that my mom and dad said, <clears throat> if you will correct your ways, you won't get a spanking. But somehow I think I hear it, Right? If you will quit fighting with your little sister, I won't hurt you. No, I'm just kidding. Mom and dad never hurt me. It was always measured discipline. Uh, they get to measure it. I just get to take it, right? See? I'm not wounded or scarred by it. But listen to what God's saying to his... These are the people, remember, that he birthed from a couple... From one son married to a father and mother who, who were 191. Abraham was 100 years old. Sarah was 90 years old. And a, and a child is born. And, 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 and so you've got this, this, this. God grew this people. From couple to family to people group. 
He, he formed them into a nation during the wilderness when they set up the tabernacle and how they would worship. And, and worship became their identity to honor God, to bring sacrifices and offerings and to live for God and that their lives and the way they lived would be a testimony to the pagan nations around them. See, see their identity as followers of Yahweh. That was their identity. That's who they are. And, and so to turn from that, to ignore the God who birthed them, right? Y'all do realize we're going to get to the point about being born again, right? Uh, God birthed this nation, grew this nation, put them in this incubator of Egypt so that they would come out four to six million strong. Then he shaped them into a worship community. And then he gave them the land that he had promised to Abraham. You see? So, so this was God's people. God has a right to ask of them to correct their behavior. But here's what they did. They substituted the relationship with God for the things they could touch and hold. And, right? Temple. Man, Solomon's great temple. Beautiful. David stacked up all the equipment, all the, all the uh, things needed, all the supplies to build this incredible temple. And so they, they build this incredible, beautiful temple during the time of Solomon. And so what did the people come to depend on? The building. That's why he called, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with chanting, uh, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Sounds like a, a contemporary praise and worship song, doesn't it? Right? This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Nothing wrong with saying that. But if that's where you put your hope, if that's where, 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 where your uh, <clears throat> dependence, security, where the peace that you, it's in the building, then that's misplaced. And that's what he's saying here. Instead, if you really correct your ways and your actions, and then he starts to list them. If you act justly toward one another, if you no longer oppress the resident alien, the fatherless, the widow, and no longer shed innocent blood in this place, or follow other gods, bringing harm to yourself. See, see here's what he's saying. Idolatry. Now God is saying, as my people, idolatry hurts you. It causes you harm. Now, I, I work very hard not to list idolatry for us. I hope that we're all smart enough to look at the world around us and see the idols that are being worshipped. Right? Some people worship their careers. Right? They do anything just to further their career. Some, some people worship current events. Right. You know what? And I've been warning you since we've been reading through the Bible. Some people spend, what, five times more time listening to the news than they spend in the Bible. Right? They all just love. Man, and that's the thing. I walk in some stores and, 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 and news running full time or, or some restaurant. I almost leave because I just don't want to hear it. 
Some, some people spend more time watching. Oh, I almost said the wrong thing. Some people spend more time watching junk on the TV than they spend in the Word of God. Right? Some people spend more time. Oh, you just listed. Right? When, when God is identifying what these people are doing, how they're living their lives, he mentions oppressing resident aliens because some people came into the land of, of Israel as a refuge because they're, 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 they're some you know, refugees of other countries and people groups. And, so they come, and God said, when they come in among you, you're to treat them fairly with justice. Uh, he goes on to say, he says, creating uh, justly if you no longer oppress the fatherless, the widow, no longer shed innocent blood in this place or follow other gods. See, there are people in the world around us hurting. We're told to love them. Now, we don't love sin and we don't affirm sin. We don't, I tell people very lovingly, don't do that. You know, Jesus told, told the prostitute, go and sin no more, right? So, so, so my point here is God is saying it's not enough to stand in the gates of, of this temple and shout, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, and then go out in the world and act like the devil. I'm telling you the same thing. It's not good enough to sit in an hour in worship on Sunday morning and go out and live like the world, go out and follow after this world system. And just claim, oh, well, I'm, I'm a church member. Oh, yeah, I go to the gathering. By the way, if you say that, people go, what's that? Right? My point is, is that it's not about what happens here. It's about what happens here. To be devoted to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To love Him first. To love him best. To love him most. You see? Talking about following other gods. Bringing harm on yourselves. And then you get the promise. This is a warning and a promise. That's what Nick's going to be preaching a little bit later this morning. Warning and promise. I'll allow you to live in this place. The land I gave to your ancestors long ago and forever. But look. You keep trusting in deceitful words that cannot help. Now, understand there was a whole bunch of prophets that said what the kings wanted to hear and the people wanted to hear. They, they, they just talked sweet stuff, right? Here, have a little pancakes and syrup. Oh, by the way, the pancake breakfast right after this. Y'all go eat. Uh, but Jeremiah saying, look, God's not saying that. God's not okaying your sin. God's not telling you can live any way you want to. God's not telling you you can act any way you want to. God's not telling you you can go out there and claim any identity you want to claim. God's saying live for me, obey me, follow my word, do what I'm telling you to do. And guess what? I'll prosper you. Okay? Man, I really should preach the prophets more. Do you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, and follow other gods that you have not known? Listen, you know, he's asking that question rhetorically because the answer to every one of them is yes. Do you steal? Yeah, you're stealing. Do you murder? Yeah, you're committing murder. 
Committing adultery? Yeah, you're committing adultery. Swearing falsely. You're burning incense to Baal. Following other gods that you have not known. Then do you come. Now listen, this is the one that is just. Then do you come and stand before me in this house that bears my name and say, All better now. We're rescued. It's all good. Do you know what they were doing? In the, they were actually sacrificing children in the temple to other gods. Sacrificing children. But because they, they, they were believing the lies. Oh, well, we're God's people. He made us. He grew us up. He birthed us. We, we bear his name. Doesn't really matter what we do. Just like, You know what? That sounds... Whoa. That sounds like some theologies I hear that you can do and act any way you want to, but once you're saved, you're always saved. Careful, folks. Now, if God saves you, you're saved. If God saves you, guess what James says? There's fruit. And it's not ugly fruit. Not dirty fruit. Not rotten fruit. Okay? Just warning you. Careful not to believe the lies of this world. Because there are lies out there. The temple was but a vessel. See, God's speaking, and I'll get back. I'm telling Kylie. I'm getting back to the outline. You ready? God is speaking His blessing upon the people. If you correct your ways, if you do what I've told you to do, if you live by the covenant and my commands, if you do what it says in Deuteronomy 6, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, then I will let you live in the land. I'll let you be blessed and prosper in the land. See? This is Jeremiah's warning. Well, guess what? They, the temple hadn't been destroyed yet. They haven't all been carried off into captivity yet. He's warning them. Temple was was only the representation of God's presence. It started with the tabernacle. Remember the holy of holies and the curtains and and all of that stuff. And and Moses would go in there and he'd meet with God face to face like a friend talks to a friend. Wow. Somebody <laughs> we were talking. I was talking. I forget who I was talking to this week. Somebody was talking about this picture of God. They had this picture of Jesus or God or whatever, and said, and and he just asked him. He said. Did Moses draw that? And they said, well, no, I don't think so. I think it was like Leonardo or somebody. DiCaprio. No, just kidding. Da Vinci, sorry. He said, well, if Moses didn't draw it, then it's not accurate. Right? Think about that. Wow. Temple was that, that abiding place of God with his people. Without God in the midst of the temple, it's just a building. See, and they would come and bring their sacrifices and offerings and gifts. See, and not, not because it was like they were paying dues, but in response to God's faithfulness. See, that, that's kind of a, a different thing. You know, uh, I, 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 I've heard people say from time to time, they'll say things like this to me because I, I'm a preacher or a pastor or whatever. They'll say, well, I need to pay my tithes. 
And I want to say, why? Did we send you a bill? No. You know why we give to the Lord? Because He's given so much to us. See, so why do they bring the best of their flock? Because guess what? He gave them the flock. Why did they bring the best of their, their grains and, and oils and olives and all that? Because he's the one that gave them the stuff. So they brought their offerings to him. See? The temple was just this place where God abided. And I think the... Listen to this verse because this is, this is Jeremiah speaking God's words. It's, it comes down in verse 10. We are rescued so we can continue doing all these detestable acts. Now, we're not talking about ourselves here, but let's, let's really consider this a minute. Do we see a culture in what I refer to as churchianity that says, well, as long as I go to church once a week, I'm good. As long as I walk down that aisle, I'm good. As long as I jump in the jacuzzi back there, I'm good. See what I mean? We start giving people checklists. And without a real relationship with Jesus, folks, they're lost. So we really have to be careful about that. We want people to know Jesus. We want them to have a, an alive relationship with Jesus. That, that, that Actions. The last point of the message, actions reveal. Right? If I say I love you, treat you like trash, you don't believe me, do you? No, you don't. I say, but I love you. Well, act like it. We say we love God, act like it. It's the second book I threatened to write about 20 years ago. Love God and act like it. Love each other, act like it. We don't. Okay? All right, so I have to give you a follow-up report because y'all endured my little illustration last week. I ran and walked, mostly walked, three days this week. And so I thought I'd measure Y'all must have told people that I was walking and measuring because most everybody I said good morning to said good morning back. <laughs> I think y'all told everybody, right? I, I, I think they were waiting. You know, like, oh, here comes that bucket hat preacher. I wear a bucket hat because the dermatologist told me to, okay? But, but, but you know, and going, good morning. Now, some people, some people actually turn and go, well, good morning, like that. And I was like, I almost ran away myself. So that's that's a little forward. Don't don't turn around. Just say good morning. No, yeah. I, I had some people that I fully expected to ignore my good morning. That at least went, just acknowledged that I had spoken to them. Right. But yesterday, yesterday, I, I went down the beach and back the beach four miles. And as I was, and I crossed back over right up the road there, and as I was coming by this guy, he was bringing his trash out to the curb because it's Saturday morning. And guess what? 
He's not a happy man. You know why? He's going home from vacation. See, if you're here on vacation this morning, yay, we love it that you're here. Come anytime we vacation year-round. But, but this guy's going home, right? And, and I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm this close to him on the street as I'm walking. I went, well, good morning. Nothing. Not a nod, not a wave, not a hello. And so I went. (laughs) And waved at him, right like this. And he's standing over the trash can. He went, good morning. (laughs) And I was like, all right, that's all I needed. I didn't need anything but that. Because, folks, if we've got this relationship with Jesus and we've got this joy and this this promise of abundant and eternal life, then God wants us to share it. He wants us to take the opportunities, even if it's just little things. Because people are hurting. People are sad because they have to go home from vacation. You know, it is Saturday mornings at, you know, 9 or 10 o'clock. When, well, you got to go home on vacation? Eh, some, some of us are. <laughs> Eventually, that's right, we vacation all the time. Just hang out. Um, but you see, the, the, the thing is, is what, we're, what, what, what God has invited us to give away is the promise, the comfort. doesn't matter what's going on in our lives. We know this is temporary. We know this is just the introduction to the rest of the book. We get to live for eternity with Jesus. You know? Some of the best times of my life have been, been close times with Jesus. And you want to get back to that mountaintop. That's what we called it when I was a kid. Just had a mountaintop experience with God. I remember those, you know, youth choir kind of things, right? You just want to get back to the mountaintop, right? Man, heaven's going to be mountaintop all the time, right? We've got another Sunday in Jeremiah. Just warning you. Remember the message of the prophets. Judgment and comfort. All right? Just the warning. If you will correct your ways, I'll let you live in the land. Pray with me. God, thank you for today. and God, thank you for Jeremiah. And weeping or whining doesn't really matter. I just thank you that he was faithful to preach your word. God, I thank you that he was faithful to stick to it, to even accept the persecution. God, I pray that, God, we would, we would live your word. God, that, that we would live our faith, what we believe, our testimony, our witness. God, that we would go out into a world that's, that's lost and dying and, and, and broken. And, and God, that we would live the joy, the comfort, the peace that you've given us in Christ. God, I thank you, every person that's here this morning. God, I just praise you for the fact that we get to meet at 810 on Sunday mornings and just worship. But God, if there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus this morning, we want them to know Jesus. More than they know the gathering, more than they know me, more than they know anybody in this room, we want them to know Jesus. So God, if we can introduce someone to Jesus this morning, God, let us do that. 
Thank you again, God, for today. Help us to worship throughout the morning, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.